Hey y'all, welcome to episode 7 of Fresh Out the Cocoon. This is Joy, your host, as always. <laughs> uh, I'd like to welcome you guys to this episode, and you are probably wondering why there is no music behind me. There's no clapping, there's no cheers, because typically you turn the music down when you have something to say. Um, and so before we go ahead and get started this morning, there is something that I want to say concerning um, the events that have taken place last week, things that people are still reeling from, recovering from, etc. Um, and so I did not want to uh, not do an episode or not do the episode that I originally planned to do for this weekend um, for a number of reasons. One, because what I need to say about what happened this week will not take me a whole episode. And two, um, is because I do want to see us still living, still thriving, still doing the things that we love, despite what's going on in the world around us. Um, and so in regards to Charlottesville, in regards to racism in this country, I don't really think that there's anything that I can say that has not already been said uh, within the community of, or within the black community, should I say, as a whole. Um, if racism shocked people, this week um it's because they haven't been paying attention if racism seems like a new thing if you found yourself walking around saying this is not the country blah 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 that i live in um this is not what we stand for you told a bold-faced lie right so racism has always been an issue in this country it continues to be an issue in this country and really when we get down to the get down it's not really on us at least this is my own personal opinion that it's not really on black people to fix racism we fight racism because white people refuse to stand up and do what they need to do to eradicate this issue um, but as far as it being our responsibility it is not um, and so <clears throat> what I have to say about Charlottesville what I have to say about these past events what I have to say about President uh, Trump if you will um, I know everybody doesn't recognize him as a president and that actually kind of slipped out so whatever um, <laughs> but what I will say about that all of that is that this man for ages have shown has shown us who he is um and so the fact that people are taken back or just just in general that america uses these face saving techniques um all this year we've watched people throughout his campaign throughout his presidency try to expose who he really is and then he exposes who he really is and people say no 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 he's not supposed to act like that and so it's kind of like well what do y'all want do y'all want the truth right or do y'all want this masking over of 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 nonsense um that we so typically get in this country one of the reasons why racism is not dealt with um and so my hope at this point is that white people do what you know how to do. White people get your get your people. No, I'm not going to sit and give y'all strategies on how y'all need to fix racism, how it needs to change, et cetera, et cetera. Like y'all need to sit in a room. Y'all need to brainstorm. Y'all need to get some things together about yourselves so that y'all can fix the problem, right? Um, because it's not on us to fix it. We fight because we don't have a choice. Um, we want our kids to be able to live in this country without drama. Um, but really, at the end of the day, y'all created it, y'all perpetuated it, y'all need to fix it. And so, with that being said, um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about, about Charlottesville. I mean, it was horrible what happened um, to the woman who lost her life. Uh, yes, it is a terrorist attack. For people who don't have the heart or the stomach to say it, um, 
but we've been facing terrorism in this country for ages. Um, not just black people, um, but also um, Jewish individuals, also other individuals of marginalized groups, people within the LG, uh, the LGBTQ community. Uh, all of those things have been happening. And so um, if anything, Charlottesville wasn't anything new, at least not for me. Um, I didn't get the feeling that I'd seen something that I had never seen before. Um, Nazis running around saluting um, Helen and Hitler and all of this other stuff. Um, America has a way of removing itself from history when things don't, you know, when things aren't pretty or when, you know, there's evil blood on their hands, so to speak. Uh, but the eugenics movement started in America. Hitler got a lot of his inspiration from the American, from American eugenics that was being done here before he ever attempted or tried to do what he did in Germany. And so we talk about history as though Germany was off doing something on their own. Hitler was off doing something on his own. And, you know, and then America rose up, right? The same way we do like the white savior complex um, in movies, right? So America rose up and decided to fight against Germany in the Second World War. No, y'all, that's not how it happened, right? There were people who had the same thoughts as Hitler here in this country. We want to know why Nazis are here is because we never fought to eradicate them from this country. Um, we were very keen about fighting in other places like we always do um, when it comes to America, the United States, right? And so we point the finger at <clears throat> places that utilize, you know, misogyny. We point the finger at, you know, sexist, countries we point the finger at countries um who violate human rights but we never ever ever kind of look inward and so all i'm saying is that this some bs <laughs> all i'm saying is that this country has been this way for a very long time uh and so my hope at this point is that black people and all other people who have been discriminated against um, I hope that you find some solace and moving forward in your life and that you still have joy and that you still are celebrating, right? And that you are still having fun with your family, that you're finding a way to kind of live throughout this nonsense and this chaos um, because white people are going to be white people. And unfortunately, when white people are white people, it hurts other people. It hurts other groups. And so until we're willing to kind of come to grips with that and until white quote unquote allies are willing to come to grips with that, um, we're not going to see progress in this country. And I will tell you at the end of the day, even very, very, very well-meaning white people, when we get down to the intricacies of white supremacy, um, there are things that they are not willing to let go of, right? So we are willing to wink at George Washington because he's the founder of this country, but we don't understand why other people despise him. And when I say we, I'm talking about a country. I'm not talking about me per se. Um, but people are not willing to 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 kind of deal with the fact that George Washington was a slave owner, right? That Thomas Jefferson was a horrible individual, that he raped slaves. Um, but we still want to keep their monuments up, right? We still want to recognize them as being something that's great, right? Then we talk about issues of like people being complex individuals and creatures, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, as a way to excuse their behavior uh, because we don't want to let go of that part of history. 
And so that's what I find oftentimes, um, even talking, you know, well-meaning white people, allies, right? George Washington was the founder of this country, Thomas Jefferson, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But there's a lack of acknowledgement of the torture and the terror that they cause other people. Uh, And there's no way that you're going to be able to live in a place and and have true equality, right? And have a true acknowledgement for other individuals by still acknowledging this foolishness, right? By still acknowledging as though, you know, rape and slavery, torture, evilness gets a pass because he was the first president of the United States because he's on money, right? So to me, this is bigger than Robert E. Lee. To me, it was always bigger than statues. It's symbolism, right? Um, And so we know that those statues were erected during the Jim Crow era, during the civil rights era as a way to intimidate black people that we are well aware of. And so people who are fighting to keep these things in place as though it is part of history. I do not disagree with Trump when he says it's part of their culture. It's absolutely part of the United States culture. Right. And that culture has been draped, drenched, right, built in white supremacy. And so today, as I get ready to transition here into my new, you know, into my segment, I just wanted to say those couple words, <laughs> kind of let it out uh, and let it be what it is. If white people really were interested in changing, you know, if they're really against racism the way that they say, we should see more action, right? If allies are really allies, we should see more action, right? No, love doesn't conquer hate as a warm, fuzzy feeling. Love as action conquers hate but that means that somebody else got to be out on the front line that means if you really if you really love everyone like you say you do right you should be in the forefront you should be fighting right you should be pushing some type of political action right and I'm not even going to talk about Christians in reference to Trump and all of those things because that would be another episode if we could talk about the ways that Christianity has been draped in white supremacy um drenched in white supremacy the things that we teach the things that we accept and I was in the church for a long time right got ordained in the church uh and the ways in which we deal with issues in the world or should I say don't deal with them ride over them cover them the things that we go around and we teach our children uh based in Christianity that has roots in white supremacy and because we believe God doesn't see color, right? And I'm saying we as Christians, not we as me, right? Um, there's a lot of foolishness that's associated with that. So anyway, okay, I'm getting off of here. Enjoy the episode. Um, and yeah, let's have fun. Where's the intro music? All right, and so today we actually have a very, very special guest with us. I have with me Nichelle Gumby, um, who is also known um, on IG as Around the Way Filet, um, and who is also the founder of the blog Some Like It Nerdy. Um, and so today, Nichelle is going to be with us, and she's going to be talking about her experiences as a part-time blogger of nerdy things. Um, she also had an opportunity to go to Comic-Con, so we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. And so everybody, welcome Nichelle. <laughs> All right, so hey, Nichelle, how are you? 
I am good. How are you? I am doing fantastic out here trying to stay cool. All right. And so why don't you tell uh, the listeners, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I know I kind of gave you a little introduction, but I'm sure you could always add to it. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and, and, and your hobbies. Well, I work full time in HR and I am a part time blogger of all things nerdy. Um, I typically blog about TV and movies more. Um, I love comics. I love all things sci-fi fantasy. I like action movies, some comedy. I really love horror horror movies. Um, I like to go to comic conventions whenever I can, whether they're in the area or out the area. Um, I try to get to the movies as much as possible. And I try to Netflix as much as possible to, like, keep up with all the shows and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, yeah, that's that's me. All things nerdy. Okay. <laughs> all right. And so, um, I mean, I know that we kind of went to school together, but you were about, I think you were maybe a year behind me. Um, and so I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with you, but. Have you always been interested in comics? I mean, was that like always something that you were interested in growing up? Um, not necessarily. I was sort of interested in it. Okay. But I was always I was always really interested in sci-fi. Like that was where like most of it came from. And then the sci-fi sort of just branched out into comics because I have older brothers and they love comics. So whatever they did, they just literally just like passed down to me. Okay. So whatever they were reading, like as far as comics, I would read and it just kind of blossomed from there. Just like liking what they liked and wanting to be like them. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just honestly just blossomed from there. Okay, so, I mean, so tell me, though, was there, like, a movie or a book or something like that that you read that you was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm never leaving this place. This is something, like, I have to, like, I have to stay connected to. Um, As far as, like, comics are concerned, um, the X-Men show that came on in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, that was like where I was just like this show is amazing. I this this is it. This is this is the thing. This is my thing. And I've that's where the spark sort of came from. And then I've been interested ever since. And as far as like sci-fi stuff, it was. Let me think of the movie. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, Probably Princess Bride was okay. like one of my movies that I just absolutely loved. And then the original 90s version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were, was oh. something that I absolutely loved <laughs> yeah. too. So That's a classic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I mean, I think that movie was on repeat in my house many a days. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time picking which turtle we was going to be and how that was supposed to work out. Okay, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's still on repeat in my house. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I know, like you watch a lot of movies. I mean, I see that. I mean, we also probably need to do a show or something when we actually talk about like real R and B music because I know like that's something that oh, you are yeah. really into as yeah, well. My other passion right. is R and B music. Right. Um, and so, um, I think just what, that was it like last weekend or something. I think he was watching a bunch of horror films yes, and yes, like posting yes. them and stuff. Now I don't do horror, but, um, I'm sure you have, I said that to say, I'm sure you have a collection, <laughs> um, an array I of do. films. Yeah. That you watch for fun. So, um, so that's really cool. Okay. And so, I mean, at this point, I mean, growing from that place of like initially being interested in like sci-fi and like you said, the different comics and watching different movies. I mean, at some point you kind of transitioned into a place where you begin to blog, right? Um, so I'm just interested, Um, like some like it. First of all, I love the name of your blog. Like, I think that it is cute beyond measure right and so um some like it nerdy obviously like you said that's a blog where you blog about movies and stuff but what kind of sparked you to get involved in blogging um particularly about this this topic um well I had originally started a personal blog like Mm -hmm. right after I had got out of college and it was just about my struggles of finding a job because I graduated college in 2009, like right during the recession. And it was just about struggles and all that stuff. And I, and looking back, I was just like, this is depressing. This is seriously <laughs> depressing. I do not want to write about this. And so I stopped blogging. I think that blog is probably still out there somewhere in the mm-hmm. interwebs. But I stopped blogging and then... I I just got really, I got back into TVs and movies a lot more, you know, because I was only working part-time and, you know, stuff was crazy in my life. And TV has always been something that, TV and movies has always been something that sort of made me happy. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I was like, well, why not write about something that I actually like and that I can write about for days? And so I was like, you know what, let me start this blog. And originally it was going to be, um, me and a group of friends, and we each were going to write about something like something nerdy that they liked. So I had one person that really liked sports. I had one person that, you know, like romantic comedies and different stuff like that. And uh-huh. then, you know, people are people and people are flighty. And so it just ended up being <laughs> me writing about everything. I was like, you know what, I don't really need them. And so... I just started writing about all the stuff that I like and, you know, the movies and TV shows, the books that I'm reading and, you know, different cons that I've went to. And and that's, you know, how Some Like It Nerdy was born. Okay. So, um, like you said, you started going to different cons and I know you just visited. So you went to your first Comic-Con, I guess, in San Diego this year, right? Yes. Okay. And so con. Yeah, so we got to um we got to talk about that a little bit. Um and so some so your your website is actually somelikeitnerdy.com. 
Yeah. And this is where people can find you. Um, they can find your blog, which you talk about, um, how you feel about TV and movies. And I know you stay up on Games of Thrones and all of that other stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I'm sure they could find a lot of information about those shows on your um, on your website and, and kind of your take and perspective. Um, and so you said that you went to um, smaller comic-cons prior to so kind of tell us okay so first kind of tell us the comic-cons that you've been to and then tell us about this last experience that you had when you were in san diego um the very first con that i went to was sci-fi valley con which is in altoona okay and it's a super small con it's in this small event space i think it's jaffa whatever in altoona and, and um, they typically don't have just yeah, for yeah. just for people who have no idea where we are in the world. That's Altoona, <laughs> Pennsylvania, right? So that's about yeah. it's about an hour or so away from Pittsburgh, I guess, give or take. Yeah. Okay. And it's a smaller con. They don't really have like celebrity guests or whatever, but they do have like a lot of artists and you know people that write their own comics and. Um, they sell a lot of like memorabilia and stuff like that, and they'll have like movie screenings of like older movies and stuff like that. So I went with a friend to that, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I got some cool artwork. Um, I got to see the car from Ghostbusters, and there was people dressed up and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and then I moved to Pittsburgh, and I found out they have a Still City Con which they have in Pittsburgh, and they do that every... Actually, Still City Con is going on this weekend in Pittsburgh, but I just came back from Comic-Con, so I was like, yeah, I can't do two cons in in one Mm. month. That's just a little bit too much. (laughs) And so I went to Still City Con in Pittsburgh a few times. Um, They typically have, like, smaller celebrity guests, so they've had... They had a lot of wrestlers there. They've had, I think, Ralph Macchio was there people from Sons of Anarchy, some people from, like, Star Wars and stuff like that. They have a lot of good artwork. I actually met LeVar Burton at Still City Con one time. Oh, Reading Rainbow. Yes, he did a very good panel. You got to pause. You got to pause. So how how was he? Like, is he, like, down to earth? Is he he every child's, like, dream? He, like, so watching Reading Rainbow when you were a kid, you right. were literally like, I want to meet LeVar Burton. I know he's, like, I, I, I want to meet him. He's going to be so nice and blah, 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 blah. And he is literally everything that you think he's going to be. He is Aww. so nice, so personable, so down to earth. He really loves, like, nerd culture. He really loves, like, the fact that he was able to help so many kids spark that love of reading he really loves that like it's something that he absolutely enjoys and he cherishes and that's literally what his panel was about it was about um he has a podcast out where he like like will read books and stuff on the podcast and it is absolutely amazing (laughs) um and he talked about his time at uh star trek and how close he still is with all of the cast and you know just just different things and stuff like that. And it was, he, he's, he's amazing. (laughs) Just the warmth. Yes. And then I've also, I volunteered last year for Supernatural Con. They had the first one in Pittsburgh. 
and I volunteered for that, and so I got to meet the cast Supernatural and stuff like that. They did panels, and then I've also went to um, New York Comic Con, which I'm hopefully going again in October. Okay. Um, New York Comic Con, it isn't as big as San Diego, but it still is a fairly big con. Um, the Javita Center is super huge. It's not as big as San Diego, but it is still super huge. They have a lot of artwork. They typically have a lot of celebrity guests. Um, they do movie screenings. They have a lot of stuff outside. Um, and, of course, it's New York City, so there's even if you don't have a ticket, there's still plenty of stuff for you to do. Right. Um, and then this year... I finally, after literally trying for like five or six years to get to San Diego, I finally got to San Diego, and I got to go for free. So I just had to pay for, I just had to pay for like my flight there and then my hotel, but my, like my admission into the con was free. Nice. Yeah. So I got to volunteer for the con, and when you volunteer, you get in for free. Okay. Okay, so I mean, that's um, cool. I mean, that's a good, that's a good, um, a good note for people who are interested, you know, if you can't afford everything, like you should at least try to volunteer because by doing so, then you don't have to worry about your administration. Get on the volunteer list. If you, if you're registered for, like, if you want to go to San San Diego Comic-Con, of course, you make sure that you're registered or whatever. And then once you're registered, make sure you get on that volunteer list. Get on the list. That should be the first thing you do after registering. Because then you'll get that, like, once it's time for them to open up their volunteer list, they'll open it up. Uh, they'll send you a link, like, a week or so before, and then they'll open it up. And you mm-hmm. really do. It's not like you can, you know, open it up and then, you know, come back a few hours and you can just get in. Once they open it up, you have probably within five minutes, probably less than five minutes to, uh, you know, get in and get your name added to the volunteer list. I mean, because as long as you're, if you're registered, they'll take you. Like, even if you're not like 18. So if you're younger and you want to volunteer, as long as you have like a, a parent or guardian's permission, you can volunteer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good information to know. I mean, we do that for academic conferences too. Like if you want your registration to be waived, we'd be having more than five minutes though. But if you want your, if you want your registration to be, um, to be waived, then they'll let you sign up as a volunteer. Uh, and it kind of helps cut your cause, especially if we like if yeah. we have like an international conference, like and you're trying to save as much money as you can. So that's really cool. Yeah. And that's honestly for most conferences, like most cons, even for like Afropunk Brooklyn or South by Southwest, all of those cons have some sort of volunteer opportunity. You just have to look for it. They're mm-hmm. not going to advertise it. They do not advertise their volunteer process or programs. They don't. You have to look for them. Okay. So just go on their website, type search volunteers, and that stuff, that information will come up. All right. So are you going to Afropunk this year? Is it? Did it pass? Um, uh, Afropunk Brooklyn is at the end of August, and I okay. had actually got in to volunteer for that too. But 
the times that they were doing, so they have you actually have to interview for um, Afropunk to volunteer oh, for them. And then the only times they had interviews was when I was going to be in San Diego. And oh. so I couldn't, I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. I was like, well, I won't even, I mean, because I could have absolutely just driven to New York and interviewed if I really wanted to, but I was like, I won't even be in Pennsylvania to drive to New York. So mm-hmm. I had to unfortunately take my name out of that pool. So no Afropunk for, I mean, I could pay for a ticket, but I am going to New York for, I did get in to volunteer for New York Comic Con. So I'll be okay. in New York in October. So I'm just like, let me let me back up and just stop for a second and yeah, just wait till October. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Um so um okay, so back on track. Okay, so tell us about San Diego. Tell us about Comic Con. What did you do? What did you see? What'd you hear? Um I seen a bunch of is... I seen a bunch of posts about Samoan men, but I'm sure there was a little bit more <laughs> more than that. So. Yeah, there was there was more than just Samoan men. Um okay. San Diego Comic Con, like that conference center, like mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest conference centers I've ever seen. And I like I while I was there, I was like, God, this place is huge. And I actually I because I'm one of those people that like, I will Google anything. So I had to Google, is this the biggest conference center in the U.S.? And surprisingly, it's not. Uh, oh. Las Vegas is actually a bigger conference center, which was surprising because San Diego Conference Center is a whole block by itself. That conference center is an entire block with, like, two or three floors. Wow. That's, so that's that place is absolutely huge. Um, it is, I mean, they had 140,000 people come to Comic-Con. So you can just imagine how many people are there. Um, so there is the Artist Alley, and Artist Alley is at the, so when you first go in, so if you're at the end of the block and you first go in, the first thing you're going to go in for, like, general admission is going to be Artist Alley. And it's where, like, all, like, different artists, they have, like, artwork, and it's typically, like, custom, like, one-of-a-kind type stuff that you can buy. And then you go, like, a little bit further up, and then that's where the exhibit hall is. So the exhibit hall is where, like, Nickelodeon had a little exhibit, all different, like, sci-fi shows and comic shows also had exhibits. Um... Nintendo had an exhibit, Star Wars had an exhibit, um, a lot of the star shows, Netflix had their own exhibit as well. So that's where most of the people are, where you can just like go in and um, they're showing trailers for new shows and they're um, demoing new games and they're, you know, advertising for new shows that's getting ready to come out and it's just people everywhere and there's also like a part where like some of the places will have a thing where if they have a celebrity guest a celebrity guest will be there like signing autographs so um cw always has a um exhibit there and they had their exhibit and the cast of arrow was there cast of flash was there supernatural and most of their other shows um once upon a time from abc had an exhibit um the cast of stranger things 
Andy Serkis, who plays, who does the voice of um, Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, like the exhibit hall is just, it, and the exhibit hall takes up most of the block. So the exhibit hall is like the main part where you're going to go through. So Nickelodeon had this really, really big and cool exhibit in the middle because this year is their, I think last year is actually their like 25th anniversary of like most of their like old school Nickelodeon shows. So like Rugrats and Hey Arnold and Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy and all those shows. So they had, um, and they also had a big exhibit for SpongeBob too. They had like the big like pineapple thing where you can like go through and they have a new VR game, a virtual reality game for SpongeBob that they were demoing. Um, you can get custom uh, Nickelodeon t-shirts made and all type of stuff like that. You get a lot of free stuff oh, there. You um, don't love free stuff. Yeah, so when you go in, like when you go in and get your badge or whatever, you get your badge and then like you get like a bag. And it's, like, one of those, like, sort of reusable bags and has, like, book bag straps for you to, like, put all your free stuff in and whatever mm-hmm. you buy. And the bag had a, like, custom enamel pin, like, uh, DC Comics custom enamel pin. So they were giving away all type of stuff like that. And I got, like, five or six free bags. And um, and then the second floor had um, a lot of their panel stuff. So they had, like, rooms for you to have, like, panels and stuff like that. So Ballroom 20 is where they had a lot of their bigger panels. So um, Star Trek Discovery, Marvel and Humans, um, a lot of their, like, TV shows, like Outlander and stuff like that had um, panels there, too. Um, They have a lot of just, like, smaller comic panels, like... Roxanne uh, Gay was there. She had a panel. Um, they had a panel about hip-hop and comics. Okay. Um, they had a panel about diversity in comics. They had a panel about women of color in comics. They just had panels about, like, Asian in comics, um, just, like, everything you could think of. They had some sort of panel at some time. And then um, the main event, typically, for most, San Diego Comic-Con viewers is going to be Hall H. And Hall H is at the very end of um, the block or whatever. And it's like this whole huge hall that's completely blocked off. That's where they have like the really, really popular panels for the really popular shows. So Stranger Things cast, um, Game of Thrones cast, um, Black Panther cast had a showing. They had a clip of the new Avengers movie. They had a clip of Justice League movie. Um, Westworld cast, Preacher cast, Marvel Defenders cast. All those super big shows still have a, you know, a little panel discussion, and then they'll show, like, clips and stuff or whatever. Because I actually got into... I got in at the tail end of the preacher's um, panel discussion, and then the preachers, as soon as the preacher's panel discussion was over, the um, Marvel Defenders panel discussion started. So I got to see that, and then at the end of the panel discussion, they actually typically typically show a clip, but this time they showed an entire, they showed the entire first episode of Defenders, 
So we got to see the first episode, which was absolutely amazing. It comes out next Friday, and I can't wait. So I'll be in the house <laughs> all next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also have, like, so they have a – the hotel that's attached to the conference center is the Marriott Marina. And so they have stuff in there. They have, like, a lot of gaming stuff in there. And then there is another hotel, the Hilton Bayfront, that's across the street. And they have, like, panel discussions there. Um, Petco Park, was, which is on the other side of the street, they had a lot of stuff there. Like, the whole entire, almost, like, two or three blocks is just, like, completely blocked off. And it's just people and all type of, like, different things you can go through. Like, King Kong had an exhibit outside. The new show coming on Amazon called The Tick had an exhibit. Um, Stranger Things had an installation outside. Westworld had this really, really cool installation at the Hard Rock Hotel. Game of Thrones had a really cool thing where you can go through, like, the different realms and then sit on the Iron Throne and... It's it is just absolutely so. If you've always wanted to go and you're just thinking like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to go to Comic Con and you know, hopefully one day I can go and then you finally get to go, it's really everything that you thought it was going to be. It's and it's super overwhelming as well. It really is. <laughs> okay, so I mean, it sounds like so. How long does Comic Con last? Like, how long were you there? Um, I was there from Thursday to Sunday, um, but they have a preview night on Wednesday. So the preview night they have on Wednesday, they just like preview like a few things and those are, those tickets typically sell pretty fast. And then they have like Thursday is sort of like their, like the startup or whatever. There's not as many things happening on Thursday because typically most people don't even get there until like Friday. So Friday and Saturday are like the main days okay okay and i know like so when you were talking you were kind of talking about different panels like for women of color in comics and different things like that and i think i seen a clip where lupita was like (laughs) dressed in costume and um she was like all over comic-con so can you speak a little bit about representation i mean um for people who don't know um michelle is black um (laughs) as all my guests will be um on this show but um can you talk about representation is that something that you've seen increase throughout the years that you've been involved um and i know sometimes um just speaking within the black community um when we talk about blurs, when we talk about you know this type of context you don't hear um as many black people um stepping up and and identifying themselves as being interested in things like comics or sci-fi or different things like that so can you kind of just speak to that a little bit um as to your experience in comic-con and also maybe just in general um, now at San Diego, there was a lot more black people than I thought there would be. Okay. And there was, it, it's not even, there was a lot more black people than I thought there would be. And I will say that San Diego, as far as like, just like diversity is probably going to be one of the most diverse comic, like cons that you're going to go to like Asians. Uh, Latinos, every single 
diverse group that you could think of is is also is going to be at San Diego. Okay. So that's one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised to see. Um, now at other cons, it's typically I know that still City Con is typically there's not many black people. Um, at the Supernatural Con, there might have only been I could probably count on my one hand how many black people, and I'm included in that one hand. Oh. Um, at New York <laughs> Comic Con, there is New York. Surprisingly, New York Comic Con, there wasn't as many black people as I thought there was going to be, considering it was in New York. I thought there would be more, but there was not as many as I thought. But there is still like a decent amount, though, compared to you know some of the more local cons where you're not going to see very many people of color at all. Okay. And so how do you, um, just in some ways, I mean, being in this context, like how do you navigate? Do you have networks of other black people who blog or other black people who are interested in comics, um, or um, sci-fi movies, TVs, things of uh, movies and TVs. Most of us are interested in those things. But this particular context, um, do you find it easy to connect with other Black people who do these types of things? Um, well, growing up, like I come from a household like my mom loves sci-fi and she loves horror, so like that was something that was like always normal to me. And okay. so, like, I never felt like it was like something that wasn't normal for black people because in my household, it was normal. Like my brother liked that stuff. My mom liked it. My grandmother liked it. It was something that all of us liked. So to me, that stuff was normal. It wasn't until I got older, especially in high school, that I realized it wasn't normal. Because I remember like, like when I was in high school and I would say, you know, especially later in high school and like early college, I would say, you know, I like Harry Potter and I like Lord of the Rings and stuff. And I remember some people that you went to school with were like, oh, you better take this status down before somebody sees it. I'm just like, for what? Like, I like yeah. this stuff. I ain't going to stop liking it because y'all don't like it. Like, what does that got to do with me? Right. Um, But as far as like groups and bloggers and stuff like that, um, on Facebook, there are two groups, actually a few groups that I belong to. One of them is um, Planet of Extraordinary Blurds, which is a pretty active blurred group. Um, they they talk about like all type of discussions and posts and stuff like that. Another one is UAL, and I can't even remember what the what, that one's more of an anime group, which I was actually added to that group, and I don't really like anime, but I like the group, so I just paid. <laughs> and then another group was um, started, and it's called um, Blurdy Girls, and it's pretty much like just a safe space for black women who like all things nerdy and sci-fi and stuff like that. And that one is actually a closed group, which I really appreciate it because the person that runs it is very strict on who she lets in. So it is all women, no men at all. So it that's one of my favorite groups, like as far as like um, Facebook. And then Twitter, I like my entire Twitter feed is pretty enough, pretty much nothing but like black and brown, people of color, Asian, whoever, like bloggers, TV writers, blurs, like it's, that's all of this. 
like okay. no like I I kind of started it as just for my blog but I don't even use my personal Twitter anymore. I just use my blog Twitter at this point. <laughs> um, but okay. it's pretty much all, you know, bloggers and nerdy people and stuff like that. Um, my Instagram, I have some nerdy people and some not. Um, probably one of my favorite bloggers is going to be uh, Jamie Bordeaux. She runs um, Black Girl Nerds. Um, I've been actually following them for a very long time. She does absolutely amazing work. Um, just, I really like her blog. Um, she um, also is starting her own uh, Comic-Con that's, like, specifically for, you know, people of color. Oh, wow. And it's going to be in Baltimore next year. It's going to be the first year and I believe it's called Universal Fan Con is what it's going to be called. And the response so far has been pretty good. I'm hoping next year I can go, I can go for the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already gotten celebrity guests and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, that definitely, I mean, that sounds awesome. It's, it's great to know that people are kind of um, creating their own lanes and filling in the gaps where things are needed. And I'm glad that you are able to um, still find motivation to stay in the vein of like what it is that you're interested in. Because growing up, you know, like, especially like being in high school and different things like that, it's easy to be swayed when everybody else doesn't like something. So then you stop liking it because you don't have that sense or that consensus isn't there. And so I think that is really cool that you managed to still, you know, stay committed to what it was that you liked, despite, um, you know, maybe not finding people within your your um your community who 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 like the same thing and i think it's also cool like your family like that's where your foundation is that's where you found your base to kind of um to even have interest in these things and 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 move forward so i think that's really cute okay so moving on um, so, you know, one thing about Fresh Out the Cocoon, not one thing, like the the big thing about Fresh Out the Cocoon, <laughs> obviously, is that I, um, it was always my hope to create a platform for individuals, particularly women, femmes, who, um, who are Black, um, but who are also are fat um, and the ways in which we navigate the world and we kind of express ourselves and the liberties that we have. And so um, one one of the other reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because you are also um, a chunky monkey. And so um, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of get your take on um, what it's like to be in these spaces um, while being black, also while not necessarily fitting um, what we would say is the European standard of beauty, um, not being like, you know, the typical um, smaller size or frame that you that you often see. Um, and so I don't know, did you have any experiences that were tied to that? Like when you go to different Comic-Cons or have you found... Um, anything throughout you know your experience in blogging that says that this is something that gets talked about or something that needs to be discussed um so far I've never had like any like personal like issues or experiences when it comes to like going to cons or just 
you know, whatever, thankfully, because I feel like I would probably be the type of person that would probably end up fighting somebody. But, you know, (laughs) I haven't had any issues, (laughs) thank God. But I do feel that, like, representation as far as, like, plus-size women, Mm -hmm. like, in comics in general, in TV in general, in movies in general, is, you know, you're either the person that is the fat funny friend or you are the woman that is like ridiculously lonely and can't find a man and then you find you know you lose weight and then you find a man like those are like the only two or you're somebody's mom or aunt or something like that you're never (laughs) like an interest or you're never like just like a regular person living your life as a fat person because that's what fat people do. We we live our lives just like everybody else. Right. But like, the, but the fat funny friend is typically more of my issue than anything. That's always been something where I'm just like, ugh. every time I see it, like my eyes literally just like roll back into my head and I'm just like, no. <laughs> right. So that 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 is probably the issue that I feel I wish was addressed more in like as far as that because I mean it's still some like I don't understand why like there's this thing that people think that you know fat women don't date they don't do this they don't do that like and I don't know where they got that information from that's the main part where they get this information from Right. Well, and I think like part of that does kind of, I remember I was in, um, when I first went to college, there was a, I think it was like psychology and they had like different body types. And I forget exactly. um, I think it was like mesomorph or endomorph and something else. Um, But one of those were representative of, so they showed you the body type and then they showed you like the personalities that coincide with it. And one of them was like, it was a round body shape and it was like these people typically have like jolly personalities and different, (laughs) different things like this. And I remember looking at the paper and being baffled, like people really think that we're like Santa Claus. Like, and that's kind of the feel that I get. Like a lot of this is like stereotypical ways of seeing fat individuals. And so, you know, in film and in movies fat people are portrayed as being like you said like the funny fat friend or you know in movies um if that's where you get your your education from then you know you don't see fat people as being sexy or you don't see fat people as being successful and fat people never lead like they always are sidekicks right or they always follow or they're always the people that you pity in some shape way or form and so I think that the narratives that we have in mainstream media I mean they lie on fat people and I I mean I wrote when the whole thing about Usher and the the girl that um you know, I mean, I know you wrote something too. I, I think you got blocked by somebody on Facebook. I, <laughs> I sure seen, did. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, but you know, there's this, you know, there's this lie about what fat people, fat women do, who fat women are, 
um like yeah like you said like we don't date or like that we're not sexually appealing or we don't travel or we're not into fashion we don't care about ourselves we don't care about our bodies different things like that and it's really weird because what happens in man what happens in mainstream is never indicative of like what's happening in some on some level in people's personal lives like you know what I mean like how many people slide into our dms on a on a daily basis like it's just weird like so I mean I get what you're saying about representation like it's not realistic um in a lot of ways but yeah I mean it's just weird the way that people you know and it's not that people want to put us in the mainstream um like our realities don't match I guess that's what I'm trying to say yeah when there are fat women out here who are living life and yes, having sex with people who look like Usher. <laughs> like, yes. I can't, I don't, you know, they're like, like, I've never, I think maybe once, once, maybe once in my life, I've actually been approached by a man who was larger in size, maybe twice larger in size. But all men who approach me are typically smaller frame men who has, who have muscles for days. Like, I don't. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Like so my I issue mean, with like, that whole Usher thing was just the fact that people thought that because she was fat, she must be lying. Now, was right. she lying? Absolutely. But it wasn't because she was fat. It's because she was money hungry. Well, There's and I difference. think like, so I guess the other thing too, I, I don't know if you, um, I guess like there was another thing. I don't know. See, I don't know if she's necessarily, okay. I can't say, I don't know if she was necessarily lying. Like, I think she's like, so there was something else that came out about August Alsina. Um, and I guess she was like, she has video about like her being like a groupie in that context too. So I don't know if she's just like a groupie or if she's like, I mean, she could be somebody who travels around and. I think she wants to be famous and that's okay. what it is. And so she is trying her best to somehow, you know, nowadays, you don't really have to have talent to be famous. And so since you don't really have to have talent, you can go to reality TV route and then, you know, you can become famous that way. And that is what she is trying to do. She wasn't lying because she was fat. She was lying because she wants to be famous and she wants money. That's Mm. really what she wants. So that, that was the issue that I had, that the fact that people just assume that because she was fat, she must be lying. No, she's lying because she's, why can't she just be a liar? Right. Why can't she just be a liar? Because skinny people lie every day, every right. single day. So I don't understand how, why the fat part had to be the main focus. That right. was my issue. No, and I would agree with that. I mean, like, I mean, there was people that was like, you know, I could see like, no, not her. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, not her. Like, it's just very weird that people feel like, like, I don't know. I think people need, like, maybe there needs to be some type of reality show about fat women and like their daily lives outside of like fat women who are actually living. I mean, like fat women who are living life um, outside of the stereotypical norms so that people would see like, what are you talking about? Like, Fat women smash dudes like Usher every day. And there was a show on, I think it was We Network, but yeah. I don't even remember what it was called. And it was something along the lines of that. 
but I think I may have only watched like a half an episode and there was something that I was just like, eh, I don't know if yeah. I want to watch it. But I think there was a show and I think it was mainly black women too. And I don't even remember what the show was called. Yeah, I think I remember that show. And then, I mean, there was like, so they were all supposed to be like plus size and they was like, it was like sex in the city for plus size women. And yeah. But one of the girls, I think she was aspiring to be a model. So she was still struggling with her weight. Like there still was like this sense of like the good fatty, bad fatty dichotomy that was going on. Mm -hmm. Like there was still that sense of struggle. And I think what happened was they didn't renew the show. Like, cause ultimately it like, it all fell back to like fat women struggling with like being the size that they were. And I'm not yeah. saying that that's not a reality of of something that fat women deal with, but all too often that becomes the narrative. And truth be told, like everybody's not struggling. Everybody's not struggling. Everybody's not fighting. Everybody's not crying at night. Like everybody's not doing those things. And it just sucks that that always becomes the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm back on track. I'm not crying at night at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, then we wound up talking about Usher. See, um, <laughs> I was just, I was a little undone about that whole situation, and <sighs> I felt like Meek Mill, and I was about that, like those Twitter fingers. I don't even be on Twitter, but they, I have Facebook fingers that night. Okay, um, so let's see. Oh, okay. So, um, kind of coming back to your experiences, um, just about, you know, your own personal, um, your own personal life and your blogs and stuff. Um, I know you have mentioned, uh, the one woman who's coming out with, um, her own Comic-Con. Um, but would you, is there anything that, um, anything you would recommend to other people, um, other Black women um fat women um who anything that you might recommend that they might get involved in if they don't know where to start like let's say that I'm somebody and I'm interested in you know tv and movies and comics and sci-fi and all these different things um is there anything that you um, might recommend to me where to start um I would definitely recommend you create a twitter account <laughs> okay. um black girl nerds is probably one of my favorite bloggers i'm always going to go back to that um there is they also have a black girl nerds also has a podcast um honestly having a twitter just a Twitter account and following Black Girl Nerds. And once Black Girl, once you follow Black Girl Nerds, you're going to like, Twitter is going to suggest accounts that are similar to that. And okay. then your Twitter feed will sort of suggest where you should go. But Black Girl Nerds is definitely where I would start. And then you okay. can, you know, move on to you know the sort of deeper part of the nerddom or blurred them or whatever okay and um as far as like comic cons go um any any that like are on the like your like on your bucket list of comic cons like 
places you need to absolutely without a shadow of a doubt have to go to? Um, San Diego Comic Con is probably like the mecca of all Comic Cons because that's uh-huh. where like every every show you can think of that you like, they're going to be they want to be at Comic Con, they're going to be at Comic Con. So that's New York Comic Con is also a good one. Um, Wizard World, which is a traveling one, um, it's a they go to like different cities like every week or every other week or whatever. Um, that's a pretty good Comic Con and they typically have um really good guests. Um, New York Comic Con uh, and I mean if you are a traveling person and you want to travel and you want to get out, uh London has a pretty good Comic Con and so does France. Oh, okay, cool. So there are some international so, yeah. overseas type Comic Cons you can go to. Okay. Yep. And so last but not least, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Um, you can visit my blog at some like dot com. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Nichelle Gunby. Um, my Instagram is around the way filet. Um, my Twitter is uh some like it nerdy and the e and nerdy is a three um i do live tweet a lot for shows so tonight i will be live tweeting for power game of thrones teen wolf and insecure and then once the you know regular tv season comes i'll be live tweeting for everything so if you're a person that likes twitter and live tweeting definitely follow my blog i live tweet a lot and that's where you can find me on the social interwebs okay (laughs) yeah and i've i'll be following i need oh insecure is like it's probably like my guilty pleasure. I'm when I'm supposed to be writing for my dissertation. I'm watching Insecure <laughs> instead, and so I mean, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll be um I'll be I'll be tuning in um to that um since yeah since these come out on Sundays anyway. So Sunday is Insecure night, and so um that's like the one thing that's like on my schedule that I make sure that I don't miss. <laughs> um, yeah, and so okay, well um. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I want to talk about that I haven't talked about? Um, and I'm long-winded, so I can talk about anything. Um, <laughs> but I do want to thank you for being a guest on the show. You are my first guest. Um, Ooh, thank I, you yeah. for inviting me. <laughs> yes. Um, the first guest that I've actually had on the show. And I wanted to bring you on because I did want to talk about, you know, some of the ways that, um, I mean, just kind of shine light on different areas, different contexts, different communities that we're a part of, that we're living and we're thriving in. Because um, again, oftentimes, like you said, even in mainstream uh, mainstream media, like we're always being projected as people who don't have lives or people who are sidekicks of someone else. And we're not really showcased in a way to where we are creating our own path or carrying out our own desires and doing the things that make us happy. So I definitely want to thank you for being a guest on today's show. Um, 
as always, this is going to be posted on everywhere where the everywhere where the podcast is, in addition to where you might share and and um and uh and broadcast. And so the podcast we're on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Play, Spreaker, Radio. Um, and so they'll be able to find this particular episode. This is episode seven. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> woo, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is episode seven, so, um, featuring Nichelle Gumby. Um, and we talked about Comic Con and we talked about the things that she's interested in in her blog. Um, and so everybody make sure that you follow her, like her, um, tell your friends about her download this podcast so that you remember all the nuggets that she gave throughout the show so that you have them um also again um, we're also on facebook fresh out the cocoon is on facebook we're also on twitter as fotc underscore podcast um i'm also on instagram under fresh out the cocoon there's a store where you can go and get your shirts and that's freshoutthecocoon.com. Um, and as always, you can always like, like me, follow me, download, um, download the, the episodes as well. And so once again, thank you, Nichelle. I appreciate it. Thank you to all our listeners, all our followers. And as always, remember to be you and stay fresh. Oh, <laughs>